Hello, my name is Michael Frank, and this is the Prefab Review Pod, presented by uh, Prefab Review, where we interview leading people and companies in the prefab housing industry to learn more about them and make it easier for you, buyers, to make decisions about your prefab or modular project. Today, we're very lucky to be interviewing Ted Benson, the founder of Bensonwood and Unity Homes, and potentially some other uh, organizations involved um, with uh, prefab and panelized building, um, who is based out of New Hampshire. So welcome, Ted. Um, thanks for being with us. It's good to be here, and I look forward to this conversation. It's always fun to talk about what we do. Awesome. So I wanted to start out by asking, how do you get into this business? I, I began uh, in uh, 1973, um, and as a young, uh, idealistic, naive young man, I had a, a vision to really try to improve the building industry. And, and so my initial interest was to try to find a better way to build. And my initial go-to solution was to revive the old form of timber frame construction and bring it into the 20th century with better tools and better technology and better building systems. Um, so that's, that's how we started, kind of really focused on one aspect of the construction. But the interesting thing that evolved from that is from the very beginning, from the early 70s, we were prefabricating because the efficient and effective way to create a 20th century version of the old world timber frame was to make the parts offsite and to fabricate them in controlled facilities with better tools and better technology. And so through the years, you know, we've added more of the building systems, but we've always had the uh, technology and the rhythm and the logistics of prefabrication kind of as our underlying skill set. That's really interesting. So you said um, in the 1970s, had you been a... uh an engineer or a contractor or anything like that before? What uh, <laughs> what turned you on to this? I, I had been a carpenter working my way through, you know, high school and, and college. Um, so initially it was, you know, a way to make a, a living, a way to pay tuition and room and board. Um, and, but I became very interested in building. I liked it. You know, I liked a lot of things about it, especially the immediate, uh, gratification or feedback, you know, of the work you'd accomplished. So I became, you know, kind of enamored of building in general, but really disenchanted with the traditional methods of building because the outcome was so often compromised, often because of site conditions, but often because of lack of lack of training or lack of, you know, right attitude or right approach. And uh, you know, I knew from my own experience growing up how what a huge difference a good quality home can make in a person's life. And uh, it was uh, disconcerting as a young uh, carpenter builder uh, to see poor quality construction come into the marketplace and affect you know, people uh, who deserve better. So, so some of it was, you know, being inspired by building and some of it, you know, came from uh, thinking, you know, as a young idealistic 
carpenter that there must be a better way. That makes sense. So you started out, um, you said you're mostly building the frames offsite. Um, how, uh, how, did, how did the business evolve since then? Well, again, initially, you know, we were focused on one aspect, but it became pretty clear that as a company, we needed to come up with a total solution. That is, you know, we had to, you know, find ways to control also the building envelope, the enclosure, the walls, the floors, and the roof. And while we might have been mostly interested in in reviving this old way of building, our our clients were very interested in having a home, and uh, and so that took us into, you know, eventually into uh, panelization of all sorts and. And so as a company, we evolved our prefabrication to include, you know, an entire building envelope, you know, all the exterior finishes. You know, we added uh, millwork and woodworking so that we were able to provide doors and stairs and trim and, you know, all those important aspects of, of the home as well. And so just over the decades, uh, you know, we added value to our free prefabricated product um, for our benefit and for our, uh, the benefit of our clients who really needed and deserve better homes, not just, you know, better structures. Okay. That makes total sense. So fast forward to, um, to today, uh, can you tell me sort of, again, I, I know you have Bensonwood, which you, you should explain it, not me, but I think is sort of a high-end custom product. And I know you have Unity Homes, which is sort of more of a, you know, value product uh, that is not necessarily custom designs, but it'd be great to hear about those products as well as anything else you guys are doing. Yeah, sure. Um, well, you know, in the history of Bensonwood, we've, we've uh, always focused on um, a more custom product. And, you know, part of, part of the reason for that is, is for us to learn as, as craftspeople and as builders and to be able to experience, you know, a wide range of products and, and uh, building types and architectural types and make sure that we were developing construction methods that were viable for everything and not just kind of a, a narrow niche in the market. And so, you know, working in that way and trying to elevate our craft and elevate our skills and to demonstrate, you know, that this is truly a better way to build. Um, we've been able to bring our product as Bensonwood um, across the entire country. We've been in every state in the union. Uh, we've built in Japan and England. Um, so clearly, you know, we found a way to attract a, a an important uh, niche in the market, but also everywhere, which, you know, brings us solutions to the types of buildings that they build, you know, out West as well as down South and in the cold climates and the warmer climates and many different architectural types. And, uh, and so that's given us a broad experience, but it's also allowed us to execute a wide range of, of solutions and systems. And, you know, once we had all those solutions and systems, a manufacturing process, then the next goal for us, you know, as, as a dedicated group of, of craftsmen builders 
was to find a way to make this very high quality product more affordable in the marketplace. And so in 2012, that led to launching a new company, not just a division of Bensonwood, but a new company uh, called Unity Homes. And the idea of Unity is, is to standardize the components of the building so that we could customize the configuration of a building because we had learned through Bensonwood that every client is different, every site is different, every budget is different, every need is different. And so we needed a standardized uh, solution to lower the cost of entry, keep the quality high, but still allow a very wide range of, of client personalization and customization, which we've come to think is critical uh, to better building, you know, not just the building quality itself, but the ability of the building system to meet the particular needs of the clients. Got it. And what sort of scale are you guys at right now? I mean, I know you obviously do kind of multifamily and um, commercial projects as well, but at least on kind of the residential sort of single family home size. Like how many, yeah, how many homes a year does Bensonwood and Unity Homes do? Well, you brought up the multifamily piece and and that's important uh, because it's, you know, a part of what we're doing. We're actually uh, raising and installing a big multifamily project in the Boston area right now. Uh, And a month or so ago, we completed one, another multifamily project in Upper State New York. And each of those kinds of projects kind of displace 10, 12, or 15 single-family homes. And so we count things a little bit differently. But I think the the important thing to know is that our production capacity um, with our uh, 100,000-square-foot factory is about 250 to 300 homes a year. Okay. And how those get kind of organized between the Bensonwood side and the Unity side and, you know, then the out-of-office, outside architect, multifamily, and other kinds of projects. It's always uh, shifting. So right now, for instance, Unity is very busy. We've got a number of projects in production. Uh, Bensonwood is a little less busy because we just went through a big, you know, kind of sine wave of activity and we've got another one coming up in the fall. So, you know, it's good for a company like ours to have the kind of diversity that we have uh, and be able to serve, you know, all these different uh, kinds of markets out there. Um, You know, not just across the Northeast, which is primarily where Unity is focused, but throughout the country. That makes sense. Um, let's talk a little bit more specifically about uh, each of the two sort of companies, Bensonwood and uh, Unity, just because, you know, when, when buyers come to us, they, um, you know, say, okay, here's my price point. Here's, uh, yeah, here's the location I want to build in. Here's the style I want to build in, whatever. Here's the size. What are we looking for? And we try to, you know, point them in the right direction. Sure. Uh, so, uh, for uh, for like Benson when you or Unity, are you uh, are you guys doing the interiors as well, or is what you guys are building mostly kind of the shell of the house? 
Um, especially, um, well, in Bensonwood, uh, the interior part that we're doing is the off-site fabrication of the millwork elements. So we make a lot of interior doors, stairs, trim packages, uh, and even things like wainscot systems and yeah. kind of all of that, you know, interior millwork that defines uh, the finish, but also the style of the building, and it helps us to create that uh, craft uh, consistency you know, in all of our buildings. So, for example, we, we do have a building being uh, constructed right now in Colorado, uh, just outside of Denver. And um, maybe six weeks or eight weeks ago, we installed the shell of the building. Mm -hmm. And now we have the millwork package ready to go, ready to be shipped to the site uh, whenever uh, the local contractor who is taking care of the mechanical trades and kind of the rough in. And when he's ready, then we'll, you know, we'll deliver that millwork package uh, for the interior finishes. Got it. So on the, on the unity side, it's similar, although we don't always as a company ourselves make all of the interior finishes. We provide the interior finishes, stairs, trim, um, cabinets, um, even fixtures through kind of a suite of suppliers and always focused on quality and affordability. Uh -huh. And so some of the things we make in unity buildings, like we make trim kits for windows and doors, but we don't make all the cabinets um, and interior doors as we often do for uh, Bensonwood projects. But we're still providing that kind of complete interior uh, package kind of after the shell goes up. That makes sense. And then, but, and then stuff like appliances, like HVAC, um, plumbing, that will be done by the local contractor? Yeah. And, well, let's start with the appliances are usually purchased locally, and that's important yeah. just for the service side. Um, but the mechanical uh, systems, uh, plumbing, electrical, you know, HVAC, are, tend to be installed more locally. However, you know, I do have a little caveat on that. And that is that um, we also do make bat, things like back, bath pods as, as, as modular elements. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> and so that's, you know, been a focus of our new Keen factory to bring that capability, you know, back to our production. Uh, we did it for two years in our smaller facility and uh, and then just kind of outgrew it. And now that we're in the larger facility, um, the intention for both Bensonwood and Unity is, is, um, is to provide complete modular elements that is, you know, 3D volumetric elements for the intensive mechanical areas of the house. You'll still need a local plumber, you know, electrician for tie-ins and, and so on but uh, but our, our, you know, we are capable of doing more right and once there's a foundation are you actually uh putting the house together or is that what a local contractor is doing uh usually both you know that's the right way to do it um almost always there's a representative or two from from our company here uh, but the best the best way for us to execute is in uh, partnership with 
a local contractor, especially if it's uh, if it's a little farther away from our factory, oh. so that they're also kind of tuned into the product that we've delivered and have been a part of that installation. So they know the details and, um, you know, the requirements and how to ensure that the high performance qualities that we've embedded in it are, are maintained, you know, as they continue their process. That makes sense. Uh, what's so, um, from a, uh, from an architectural standpoint on the, uh, Bensonwood stuff, What's the split in terms of you designing the homes versus an outside architect designing the home? Well, that's uh, that's a, a a good conversation. We we have a, a team of interior architects here. Um, we're very good. Uh, we do good work, and uh, you know we definitely have a lot of pride in the quality of our uh, architectural design. But that said, we. We like working with outside architects and bringing them into our system because it really helps us to, you know, to stretch and learn, you know, from other uh, professional designers. So we do a lot of work with outside architects. Um, and in fact, there's a new initiative that we're, um, we're launching this year in partnership with um, two significant, significant architects. And I, uh, you'll you'll know the the answer to that question uh, in uh, early September because we're launching this new initiative of kind of new Bensonwood products that will be a collaborative effort between our team of architects and two outside architects bringing three uh, products kind of platform products into the marketplace. And it's just been really fun and exciting, you know, to work in collaboration with other architects and to show them the standards that we have that really help us to fabricate products efficiently. And then together with, you know, kind of their design ideas and how we can integrate the two and have lots of standardization, but you know, all the customization and kind of the quality that we need to represent, you know, kind of three, three uh, tentacles um, of design, you know, through one system. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, we've, uh, we're seeing, I mean, I wouldn't say that strategy is incredibly popular, but we've seen a few people do that over the last couple of years. And it's always cool to have more, you know, quality designs that are being built confidently so yeah 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 and the key the key to it we think is that there is consistency in the systems and in the components in the elements even in the parts and pieces so that the off-site fabrication can happen well Um, but there's different differentiation in the architectural outcomes and and you know that whole thing is kind of fun because um because you know there are things that we're now going to be doing that we we alone never would have thought of. <laughs> so uh, we, we I, like- I think it makes a lot of sense. I think we, yeah. We, again, we we've seen this a, a little bit before, and it just it seems like a right like you probably save a little bit on design services if you're a buyer um, because right it's not fifteen or twenty percent of necessarily um, for like a completely yeah, yeah and, and well in fact you you save a lot. You know, and that's why, you know, that's part of the reason this is happening. 
Yeah. And then the second thing is, uh, I, think, I think it helps from an inspiration standpoint too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that you know, design custom design is expensive. We know that because we do a lot of it, and it takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, you know, to make a unique thing in the marketplace. And but on the other side, if we can standardize the right things, we can still achieve a custom design for much, much less design effort. And and so that whole effort of, you know, kind of the standards plus the customization and how we mix the two is, you know, a critical aspect of, of how to make both affordable buildings more affordable, but high-end buildings more affordable. <laughs> and, and so we're trying to achieve both. Um, so getting into affordability, um, and this is, I think, probably the most helpful things we do, we do is try to give people an understanding around price. Basically, how are your uh, how are your homes priced, both on the uh, Unity side and on the uh, Bensonwood side? And what would be most helpful is uh, kind of understand. Let's just call it a typical project on a flattish lot in I don't know Lexington, Massachusetts, or Massachusetts, <laughs> or some like you know relatively high end area. Um, yeah, just basically understanding because, and if if possible, to kind of break. And I understand there's ranges and all this stuff. Um, kind of how much projects usually come in overall, and then sort of what the differences like components are in terms of Benson Wood versus local contractor. Okay, I'll take your crack at this. Yeah, <laughs> but and, uh, and I understand asterisks. This is a range. This doesn't yeah, yeah. we're not paying you to this, but I think but, it's helpful uh, in terms yeah, of yeah. Giving I'll, I'll, basic understanding. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give it a try. Um, but let me preface it by saying that um, listeners uh, can go to the Unity Homes site at unityhomes.com, and we do post some kind of. Uh, prices for each of the platforms so you can kind of see what we have projected for kind of the entry level models and and then how a cost might escalate you know depending on finished packages so there is some information there um, on the Bensonwood side there's less because our work is so custom right so to answer your question if we were building in Lexington Massachusetts the first thing I would I would tell you, because I know quite a bit about that area, is that local building costs in Lexington are pretty high. Mm-hmm. And it would be hard to build any kind of single family home in the Lexington area for for under two hundred dollars a square foot. Actually, having said that, I can't imagine building one for two hundred dollars a square foot in Lexington. Uh, you know, in other words, building costs are a lot higher there. And so that's kind of good news for the Unity side because we are very affordable in the Lexington market because building costs there are so high. And and so, you know, we would be $200 a square foot just because a lot of the local labor inputs are also expensive in Lex- Lexington. This is, this uh, is for all in a, a Unity house? Yeah, turnkey. Got it. Yeah. And uh, on the Bensonwood side, you know, doing the same thing because of the higher level of customization and the higher level of finishes, it probably, you know, more in the neighborhood of 300, which might be fairly normal for 
Lexington, but all the way up to 500 or e even you know, $600 a square foot, depending on customization, complexity, and levels of finishes. Could you, so, would, yeah, I mean, 300 actually would, is, would be surprisingly um, inexpensive to me for an area like that for a custom house. Uh, would that include would, would <laughs> yeah, something like soft costs, like design and such? Yes. Yep. Yep. And then... And, and and part of the part of the you know reason I can we built a lot in that area so you yeah, know, sure. confident about that uh, but I think we should you know for the listeners' point of view we should put this in context and and let's take it out of out of Lexington and and move it to uh, Walpole, New Hampshire, where I am, Perfect. you know, which which is much more rural. Yeah, and and here you know costs are much lower than a place like Lexington, uh, uh -huh. you know, which is a more urban area. Yep. And, and so you could build a standard home in the Walpole area for you know, really 150 is, is fairly normal, 100, maybe 175 for a relatively decent, you know, um, local builder type of home. And, and so here with Unity, we compete with that. We don't beat it, but we try to build a better product. That makes sense. So, from a from a standpoint of uh, what what the costs that basically you're paying Bensonwood or Unity versus the local contractor is it like 60-40, Just trying to get an understanding because that's also helpful in terms of from our perspective of right. Like we understand that illegitimately, like. Like I'm, I live in San Francisco. In San Francisco, you may pay a local contractor two hundred dollars a square foot um, yes, to only yeah. do the, the local site costs, right? Uh, right? So just trying to understand, like, you know, basically, what is the what what are we paying the prefabricator on top of that? I mean, what what is a prefabrication package? Exactly. Or what what is the premium from prefabrication? No. So the question is, uh, so, right. So Lexington, you said it's going to be $300 a square foot. Um, that's going to be a split between the amount paid to Bensonwood and the amount that eventually goes to the general contractor and, you know, his subcontractor. Oh, okay. Yeah. So our, our typically, um, the shell package part, you know, the enclosure with windows and doors and, you know, the weather type building envelope, and all that is included in that interior partitions, uh, you know, floor systems, wall systems, roof systems, etc., is generally forty to maybe fifty percent. Got it. And then if we've added the millwork package, you know, we can get that up to sixty percent. Okay, that makes sense. And and so you know, forty to sixty percent, depending on the the extent of our package. When we do bath pods, you know, that gets up to 70 to 75%. Got it. You so know, it's, it's, it's like the part ends up running like $150 a square foot or something in that range. Is that right? Yeah. 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 That, that's actually a pretty good number. Uh, a little more expensive on the, on the Bensonwood side than on the Unity side because of more, more because of the customization than because of the quality of the envelope. Sure, that makes sense. And how long do these homes typically take to build, particularly on the Unity side? I could imagine it could be fairly fast. Yeah, pretty fast. We we just did um, uh, 
put together a Unity home last week um, in Vermont, and it was uh, two and a half days for you know the complete shell, including the garage. So that was on-site assembly of the building shell. Um, sure. You know, and, not a, and, and, and on top of an existing foundation. And how about the process from the time you guys, like what's a fast process with a client um, from when they meet you to like when they're in their home? Can, can you guys do a year or is it like? Yeah. So for Unity, um, you know, which is really fast because of the standardization, uh, we've actually had several instances, several meaning two, not many, right. uh, where, where we've gone from first client meeting to turn key in the same quarter. Wow. So that's incredibly fast and don't expect it, <laughs> but, it's, but it's happened, you know, if we're just choosing a product that we know how to make and we can manufacture and deliver it. So more typically, you know, it's in the, uh, you know, four to six month kind of period for Unity. And then Bensonwood is much longer because of the customization of the design, which can take, you know, four to six or eight months on its own. And then, you know, then from there we go into production and, and then it's, you know, six months or eight months. Awesome. Well, it's, it's been great learning a little bit about uh, Bensonwood and Unity. I just want to transition uh, quickly to our fire round. Basically, on the fire a few questions at you um sort of on a variety of topics sort of tapping into your expertise um if possible to give your answers in one minute or less that would be great and we'll just go through a few of these so first of all um can you tell me a little bit about cross laminated timber i hear about it all all the time not all the time but pretty regularly i also hear about dowel laminated timber do you use it what's special about it etc Okay, uh, we do use uh, cross-laminated timber, and we do use dowel-laminated timber, um, uh, especially on the Bensonwood side. So cross-laminated timber, you know, the way to think about it is like a really big, fat sheet of plywood. <laughs> and, and so the, the cross-lamination is actual uh, planks of wood that are oriented you know, in one direction for one layer and then the opposite direction for the next layer and glued under, you know, pressure with, um, with uh, you know, incredibly good glue to make a composite panel that may be anywhere from three and a half inches to six inches thick and eight feet, you know, up to 40 feet. And the idea of it is, you know, more wood kind of, developed in a way that it can displace um, concrete and steel as a building form. And so cross-laminated timber buildings can go much higher because there's not the shrinkage issue that you have in you know other forms of wood. And they're very, very strong and very stable. Uh, so that's cross-laminated timber. Uh, Dow-laminated timber is, you can think about it as planks side by side by side with dowels driven through horizontally across grain to essentially be the glue that connects those planks into a single um, uh, panel that then can be lifted and installed on site, usually as floor systems or roof systems. Um, 
in place of, you know, a, a more independent and light structure. Got it. Makes that very helpful. Uh, how should buyers um, think about doing diligence on land? We get this question all the time because a lot of manufacturers don't want to actually even work with buyers before they at least have land under contract. Well, it's, you know, it's really important, um, you know, to understand the site, the building site and the opportunities and the constraints that, you know, may be embedded, you know, in that building site. Uh, so, uh, we do like to work with clients who are in the, you know, kind of searching phase. Okay. And, and and simply because of Google Earth, <laughs> we can actually help even if we don't always go. And so, you know, we can learn enough about the location, the adjacencies, uh, you know, the building restrictions and so on. Even if we haven't visited, if we can visit because of proximity, is is obviously even better. But um, as designer, architects, engineers, um, it's really helpful to have some input um, because always, you know, the building design, whether it's Unity that's standardized or Benson with its custom, nothing happens until you understand the site because design begins you know, on a building site that has orientation as a road, you know, there's a logical uh, architectural party that, you know, comes out of understanding the building site. So if we can have some influence on helping our clients to understand its opportunities and constraints, that's helpful to us. And Got it. Um, how, how do um, you see most people uh, in, this could be a long question. So <laughs> Uh, paying for slash financing um, homes these days. For example, is it mo- are you seeing two in one products? Are you seeing a lot of people buying lands and, fi- and you know financing the construction, et cetera? Um, uh, nearly everything, and you know, it's these days. It's uh, it's often it's often an obstacle because. Uh, not so many lending agencies are are um, have experience with offsite fabrication, and so we're often in conversation with the lending agencies, you know, to help um, help our clients understand and help the lending agencies understand how offsite fabrication works. But I, I would say that most most of our Bensonwood clients aren't necessarily going out and needing to collateralize the land in order to uh, finance the, the construction loan. That makes sense. But many of our clients on the Unity side, you know, are having to make sure that comparables have been established, lending institutions are on board, and, you know, that, that they, you know, as individuals qualify for the, kind of loan that they're asking for. Okay. Um, but there, we're, we're almost always in the conversation with the lending agency. That makes sense. Um, is there a secret to uh, finding good local contractors who can build the kind of foundation and take care of the sort of finishing aspects of the home? Like, yeah, how, how should a buyer do diligence on this? There are good builders everywhere. That's... You know, that's the first thing to say. <laughs> and, uh, 
And then, of course, the corollary to that is um, is the obvious one that you know not all builders are good, right. <laughs> and and so uh, you know we also like to play a role in that in helping um, our clients to find the right partner builder, um, you know, in the process, and to make sure that we you know have found a, a person or a company that is highly motivated in the same way we are to serve our clients' interests deeply. Um, unfortunately, you know, the, the corollary problem, the, you know, the, the dark side, is, uh, is a, it's just an industry issue uh, that there are a lot of builders who aren't up to date about building science and, you know, the new things that are happening with building engineering. And, and for the buildings, builders out there who aren't learning and aren't keeping up, um, you know, it's just, it, it's just a problem. And so we, we generally avoid those and find the ones who are good learners and who are partners. The good thing for us is we've been around for 45 right. years. We've built in, in many parts of the country. So in most cases, we know someone who we've already worked with, as is, is the case in our Denver project right now. Um, or we know somebody in that area who can make a referral, you know, to somebody else. So, so our, our resources and our connections are pretty helpful that way. Yeah, it, it, it's funny. We So our website gets hit. We get approached pretty frequently these days, maybe once a month, twice a month, by companies coming from Europe who say we have a successful prefab or sometimes even Asia product in Europe or Asia, we want to enter the market. Can you help us get customers, but also can you help us get connected to local builders? Because it seems like that's one of the pain points for these newer entrants. Um, yeah. let, let me just throw out another um, secret that's no longer going to be a secret, <laughs> but we've learned that um, renovation contractors are usually a better fit for prefab partnership interesting than, than you know new builders simply because the renovation contractors are more accustomed to the kind of rhythm that's involved you know it's a very fast process and and um, and they're usually problem solvers so if there's something a little different that's unusual it doesn't throw them you know for a curve a curveball to them um, where sometimes the kinds of builders who are only doing new construction have a lot of habits and procedures in their process. And, and then our offsite prefab kind of throws them for a loop that, you know, it's kind of out of sequence with uh, their normal behavior. So, um, right. so that those, you know, renovation contractors are usually better, better fits for us. That makes total sense. We, we, I don't think we figured this out. If we don't know someone in the area, we usually just try to find someone who's experienced with panelized stuff, even if it's not with the manufacturer. And that's sort of, that's a lot of times where we start. Um, all right, final uh, fire round question. Uh, so I know you guys have done some work on passive houses recently. Um, we, we actually get a lot of demand for passive houses and zero net energy stuff, particularly in California. Um, can you tell me a little bit about um, how you achieve that? Um, sure. Um, we're, uh, 
If you go to our Bensonwood website uh, and in the area where you find our building systems um, under tectonics, you'll see kind of a selection of wall types that we offer. And then, and then you'll see um, an opportunity that we call flex, spelled with a PH for, you know, for its connection to Passive House, about how we accentuate each of those building systems to bring them to the Passive House level. And, and so most of our building systems, well, all of our building systems have cellulose as an insulation. Yeah. And then one of the wall types has wood fiber as a exterior continuous insulation layer. And, uh, and then the other one has a zip uh, system, you know, on the outside. And then we use a, a, a TJI or um, an I-stud to, to um, minimize the thermal bridging and, and thicken the wall cavity. So we have, you know, several ways of achieving it. And that's important. And the flex idea for passive house is really critical because each of the climate zones, you know, from climate seven down to, you know, climate zone two, um, generally has, you know, completely different requirements to get to the passive house level. And so there's not like one passive house solution. There's kind of a passive house system solution. But we've really opted to stay away from foams, um, you know, kind of the plastic element, and right. to stick with um, kind of natural materials, cellulose, wood, right, um, et cetera. Right. You know, so you're, of, sort of rep- you're sort of saying in, instead of doing like more of a standard sip, this is kind of your answer to that in a more natural way. Yeah, yeah. We, we like a wall you can eat. <laughs> right. That makes sense. Um, well, thanks so much. This has been um, really great talking to you. Um, the final question, which I ask everyone, is what are you most excited about uh, for your company or for the industry for the near future? Well, what I'm most excited about is what the industry needs and that we're trying to be leaders for, and that is to normalize high-performance buildings uh, so that uh, – all of our buildings are using much less energy and no fossil fuels. Um, we have to do this as a country. We have to do it, you know, as citizens of this planet uh, for the climate crisis. Uh, you know, we should have eliminated uh, fossil fuels in buildings a long time ago, uh, but we're stuck with it here. And it's unfortunate because building high performance, good quality um, buildings that are even healthier for people is actually not a heavy lift. We know how to do it. It's not advanced technology or anything. It's just good quality building. And, uh, and so to be leaders in how, as an industry, we move away from, uh, you know, fossil fuels uh, to heat and cool buildings um, is important for us, but, you know, just plain important for the industry. Terrific. Thank you so much, um, Ted. I really appreciate your leadership on that and for uh, taking the time to uh, speak with me today. Uh, If you want to learn more about um, some of the stuff we talked about, you can visit bensonwood.com or unityhomes.com and the uh, transcript of this will likely 
be up on prefabreview.com with about 5,000 other prefab articles. Uh, it was nice talking to you, and uh, hopefully we get to speak again soon. Good to talk to you as well, and, and thank you for the opportunity. Thanks.